0: People of Earth, if you are hearing this, you are receiving a signal from another planet. Fanboy Plan
1: planet. Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekking. Sit back and watch as the Uber Geek goes and kicks it up, but not. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the
2: definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd
1: overdrive. I will always survive. Fanboy, baby. Feel so alive. Ooh, you never listen up, fanboy. Judge
0: Macaw! Wow, this is true. Uh, yes, what uh, Saturday night? What Nate and I attended the event at Earth Two Comics. The signing of Judge Dread, oh. Mega City Two, and Douglas Wolk, okay. uh, the art, the writer of of Judge Dread, Mega City Two, uh, dubbed me, uh, autographed my book to Judge Macaw, and Nate is now Judge Dizzle. So we both have <laughs> the first issue of Mega City Two declaring us we are the law so that's awesome (laughs) we are the suggestions fear (laughs) us fear us uh anyway uh so this is Derek McCaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com, and we are podcasting on thursday uh january 23rd 2014 uh so like most of the good casting news came out today so this was really smart uh, we had entirely smart (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it, entirely. We planned that entirely. We're just so doggone busy. It happened, you know, and it's good. I'm glad this worked out. Uh, anyway, we are podcasting from that undisclosed location known as the Brett Cave. Uh, to re- make sure that it remains anonymous, I knocked myself unconscious before driving here, uh, and uh, Rick woke me up, and I was sitting sitting at the kitchen table. And uh, okay, I used so, the aerosol on the way. There out. we are, our man in Los Angeles.
1: I am Nate Costa. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And across from me, wearing a lovely mustard. It really brings out your eyes. Uh,
2: I've actually got a Team Iron Crotch T-shirt Oh, I thought maybe you were
0: going to show me a mustard stain on the
2: mustard shirt. (laughs) And he's wearing a Team Iron Crotch T-shirt. Yep. Rick Brett Snyder. And I'd like to point out that Nate does his intro entirely without the use of any kind of post-processing to the audio. That's all his vocal cords. Employers, this man needs a job. (laughs) I, I don't know... What exactly that would be. Uh, this was a test
0: to the emergency Nate Costa <laughs> broadcasting system. Should this be an actual emergency, Nate would be cowering <laughs> under the bed. <laughs> so, Have you, f- not? like, were there two earthquakes last week, and did you feel them down in L.A.? Me? Because I, I have know. a whole bunch of friends on Facebook in L.A. going like, oh, it's the quake, and, you know... All right, we've got uh, a lot of uh, exciting movie and TV news. I mean, really, you know, we joke we're about... talking about the earthquakes. We joke about... I know, but I just wanted to move forward uh, <laughs> and say uh, that uh, I've been the San Jose soccer team. And we're going to talk sports. No, uh, we are going to talk about movie and TV news, things that are earth-shattering, indeed. And, uh, Ooh, nice. and, uh, and some comics news. But first, Nate, we have some mail.
1: Could you give me a little uh, musical uh, cue for that? Certainly, Derek. Let me just cue it up here. Thank you. Started, <coughs> <the control clears throat> we've got Fanny Mail!
0: Excellent. Thank you, Nate. We do, and I'm really excited to have gotten this Fanny Mail because this is actually from someone we haven't heard from for a long time. Uh? And I feared that he'd just gotten bored with us and moved on. Uh. It's Bill Bossert. We've heard from Bill Bossert, kids. Uh-huh. Um, and the headline is, Fanboy Planet Listening Party. Hello Derek, just, just listened to your last Fanboy Planet episode and by a funny coincidence it was during a Fanboy Planet listening party I was having. Wow. FYI, it was a party of one. Sigh. Um, had a question in a comment. I know short term that Batman 1966 gave a boost to the comic sales at that time, but what do you think was the long term impact? Was the camp approach necessary in order for the comic to get darker years later? What might have happened to Batman if the TV show never existed? Would he have survived in the 70s? And now the comment. I had the pleasure of meeting John Wesley Shipp this past summer at a Comic-Con, and I asked him if Warner TV ever considered continuing The Flash for another season for first-run syndication. Which he makes a good point, because that's when things like that were starting to happen. There were a lot of action shows doing that back then. Oh, there he was. And I thought that might have been a consideration. He replied that he wasn't sure about that, but there was a plan to film a low-budget Flash movie in Italy at one point. It didn't happen. Okay. The good, the bad, and the speedy. Really, are you ready for this? For this reason? And by the way, I'll be reading this sentence again several times later in this podcast (laughs) and in every podcast we do until 2016. It didn't happen because Warner TV and Warner Film Divisions couldn't come to terms on the property. He seemed really upset about that. Nice guy. I hope you get to meet and chat with him someday. He still looks like he could fit into that suit. And about the Flash costume for the TV show, it looks terrible on DVD. Lots of cracks and holes in it after the first few episodes. I watched a few episodes on YouTube last week. Looks better. but <laughs> The picture po- quality is poor. Uh, warm regards. Bill Bossert. And I just want to, I'm going to say this stuff. So, executive producer. So, he's, he's been busy making these little films. Yeah. Um, Bring Me the Head of Lance Henriksen, Enchanting the Mortals, and a new album from a group called The Clicks called Black Tie Elevator. So, Bill, we're glad you've been busy. Do we have a URL for Bill for his stuff? Uh, they're all different ones, so you just have to, you know. Uh, the Clicks, You can it's C-L-I-K-S, and so you can look it up at theclicks.com. Uh, the rest is look it up on Internet Movie Database. So, um, Bill... So glad to hear from you, and let's take this in order, a reverse order. We'll say, uh, Lon and I, I don't think Rick was with us that, that year. Um, Lon and I have met John Wesley Ship. He I was at um, uh, the big, what was then the uh, Supercon, wow. but now is was Supercon. Big Wow Comics right. Fest, and when it was still Supercon. In San Jose. And that's how I know that his father is a minister around here. Because we did have a conversation. It was one of those like, well, I'll take a card and we'll come back. and We'll do an interview. And then the next day he was sick or something. And so he didn't get to, you know, we didn't get to do it. But we did have a nice just kind of off the cuff. Which sometimes I really just prefer having that. Because then I get feel like, yeah, I had a moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he's a really nice guy, and I didn't know how what else I would say to him other than I liked the Flash, um, and it's been years later. So, um, but he did seem like a the really
1: Flash show was good, and I liked. I it. I liked
0: it, and it was a really and it was really cool. So I, I'm going to agree with that. I think he's a super nice guy. I don't know why he doesn't seem to be as active, you know, a, a, you know, busy in in film or TV. He because he was what on Dawson's Creek or something. One of those CW WB things as a dad, I could still see him doing something like yeah, that really yeah. easily. So hope he gets he's back up or maybe I hope I'm completely wrong. He's been very busy doing something and I just it's just something that hasn't crossed my radar. It happens. Uh, the Batman questions. So here's the Batman 66 thing.
1: He's got three things this year. Oh the yeah. Ship does. Yeah, sensory perception as Lieutenant Thawne. It's currently filming.
2: Okay, it's a movie.
1: Golden Shoes as the president of the United States. That's in post production.
2: Okay, not a bad role.
1: And the sector as Stillwell. That's in post production. Are those all movies or TV? I don't know. It doesn't say. Okay. But he was on the Teen Wolf TV series from Oh, North. see there you go. So that's great.
0: Okay, and I don't. I have not watched the Teen Wolf TV series. Um, it's more work than I've gotten in Hollywood.
1: That's true. And it's, he was Professor Zoom in the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Oh, he
2: did voice work.
0: Yeah, he's uh, okay. That's interesting. I haven't seen that episode of Professor Zoom. That's that, an that's ironic casting. Well, um, I'm certain on purpose. So uh, that's really cool, and he has many more IMDb credits than I do. So, but I have two. Um, so anyway, um, and we'll we'll just hope for more. Um, back to the Batman sixty six thing. So recently, and I put this up on last week's podcast shopping page. Uh, DC released a book called *The Bat- Batman 66: The TV Stories*, that was a collection of the actual comic book stories of the time. That uh, Stanley Ralph Ross uh, and Lamont, uh, not Lamont Dozier, um, can't remember the name of the other producer of uh, of Batman. Uh, but anyway, Stanley Ralph Ross um, basically lifted uh, and plopped Whole Hog into the show. Uh, you know, stole because a lot of people see when you talk about the camp element. A lot of people don't realize that actually the the pilot was a complete, just a perfect line-for-line adaptation of an actual Riddler story. Hmm. And, or it might have been actually a Joker story that they put the Riddler in instead. So, other than that. So, the thing is, Batman at that time, he um, was kind of silly anyway. So, you can't say that like the camp approach was unnecessary. They had no choice. Although... They they amped it up a little they, bit for the television. Think, but I think I think they amped it up for it and it certainly got bigger once it got popular. Yeah. Um but uh, you know, one of the things too that, that, that spawned it which I which I had not realized was that er like in nineteen sixty four somebody had gotten the bright idea of taking the serial and editing it down into like a three hour uh presentation and that had been going been touring when in those days we did road shows with yeah with uh with movies um that had been touring and it was the popularity of that edited down road show of the serial
2: which were where, done entirely straight I mean, but that. they're stupid as hell yeah and um
0: and Just they like and, any of and serials. the college kids were going and they were laughing and they were getting drunk and they were having a great time and so fox noticed that uh the studio fox and then you know said what do we you know could we possibly it was between that and There's another show. uh, There was another property they were before even Green Hornet that they were looking at, and they chose Batman
2: at the last at the last minute. So um, I always assumed that it also had to do with the fact that part of their gimmick was bringing in the big stars to play the villains. Not originally, though.
3: No?
0: And by that time Cesar Romero had faded, Burgess Meredith was the Twilight was the guy on the Twilight Zone, and Julie Newmar, she'd been stupefying Jones, but before that she had a sitcom called My Living Doll that had failed. It was a great show. I'm sure it was. You remember it, I don't. But um you know, so but I mean, then it, it became like the Muppet Show when it, it to, because that to me is what what ties in like in the 70s in my lifetime um you know, because by the time I was aware of Batman, it was over. But in my time, I remember the Muppet Show. It became very trendy. Right. People wanted to be on the Muppet Show. Same. Yeah. And so it's the same thing with that. That's why there's so many villains that bear that have bear no resemblance to any villain in the comics. You know why you have Liberace playing Liberace, Cliff Robertson playing the cowboy shame. Oh yeah, shame. Uh, you know, uh, shame. Yeah, shame. And uh, Shelly Winters playing Ma Parker. Uh, and so you know, it, it's. Uh, you know, because everybody who was anybody wanted to get in there. But it was those those first four villains. Gorshin was on his way up. Yeah. But he wasn't, like, you know, he was a nightclub entertainer. So that was interesting. And still, I'll maintain. Left us way too soon. Underrated after that show.
2: And, and probably the only actor on that show taking it seriously. I don't know. When I was watching it as a kid in the first run, and my parents were watching it too, my dad would be talking about who that actor was and what they had been in and... know he knew all the well i'm sure he
0: did but i'm saying when it originally when it originally launched when you had cesar romero he had been the cisco kid and he'd been in a few things but he was just a couple of years away from you know being the second heavy in the computer war tennis shoes Mm. so you know these were guys they they were actors considered sort of over the hill right and then that show gave them new life you know so in their career because definitely burgess meredith and and Cesar Romero had some. And Meredith, big again, you know. Yeah. Um, and somebody I was talking to was reminding me of the TV movie they did uh, based on Adam West's memoirs, the Back to the Bat Cave, which I would love if that was included on the Blu-ray disc. Uh-huh. That would be amazing because uh, Gorshin and Newmar came back for that, playing villains, uh, angry that ba- that Adam West had taken all their gl- all their thunder, and it was like blurring the line between what was real and what had been show. But the big point they made there was, like, the guy playing Burgess Meredith was, like, they had a little scene about how this really just launched him back because the Penguin became so iconic. Mm-hmm. And the Joker became iconic. That's very true. Um, so, anyway. Um, so, that's what – I don't know if it would have been necessary. The, the thing a lot of people claim, and who knows, is Batman wasn't selling very well in the early 60s. That's the claim they had. Um, and I think you'd notice, like, because it affected Justice League, when the Batman show came on, just uh, Batman became a lot more important to Justice League stories mm-hmm. than he had been. So I think overall it boosted sales. I don't know if you'd say they were on their way out, but certainly by the end of the 60s, DC was feeling threatened by Marvel. How long after the show
2: left do you think it was before we got more of a grim and gritty Batman?
0: Well, if we count, if we say that the first truly... That Grim and Gritty was Secret of the Waiting Graves, Denny O'Neil and Neil Adams. And Jim, oh, Neil Adams? Yeah. Okay, for um, I think that's 1969. Okay. So, like, just a year after. Yeah. You know, they kind of they coasted on reruns and then went, okay, we've got to do something different. But they had already put the circle around him. You know, the new look. Carmine Infantino had done new look Batman in, like, 1966. Right. I think actually just right before the show started. and uh, so Circle around the bat symbol. Yes. The yellow symbol. Yeah. The yellow shield. Right. Right, um, so I, you know, I will. The real answer is is just don't know. Now I'm sure there are people that listen to this podcast that will have better answers and better knowledge. And one, absolutely, I'm just going to call out right now because he texted me tonight listening to the podcast is Cardi Angelo, uh, owner of Earth Two Comics, who is the Boy Wonder, absolutely, and uh, probably the uh, bigger fan of Batman '66 than I am, and uh, so he will know. Um, so I'll challenge you, K- uh, Carr. Um, he texted me earlier today with an interesting fanboy uh, challenge. Fanboy challenge. Um, he's one of the few he, he's listened to all 337 episodes, um, not in one sitting, but uh, he was listening to the. He just wanted to say he was. He texted me. And said I'm listening to you talk about Liberace. Um, he was listening to the Miracle Man, Batman, Hank Pym episode. <laughs> it was great, but boy, these things take That's all- a team up. Yeah, <laughs> wait a minute. Um, but boy, these things take all day for me to listen to because I only get to listen to them in 10-minute bursts. Uh-huh. Uh, so I'm like, can we put chapter stops on this, or can you time it so that we go, 10 minutes? Okay, put your iPod down. Let's go do some work. Um, You know, something. Uh Which I just want to say back, I, I mean, we just, we chatted a bit, but I was like, I get, you know, I do, you know, worry about the length. If somebody else wants to say, what's up with the length? Uh Let me know. Um and so I think that's uh, that's it. Other than on Facebook, a lot of people are excited about a lot of topics that we were going to cover anyway. So
2: I think without further ado, uh, just to answer your question about chapter stops, that is that is an Apple format proprietary thing. They don't have that in MP3. So I was
0: kidding, but okay. But we, I mean, but it is did one of those AAC things where, or whatever. Yeah, they it's do.
2: the AAC stuff. But if we did that, that that wouldn't work on MP3. And I've always assumed that. It was better to do the more. You are absolutely universal. correct,
0: sir. I do not want to be beholden to Apple.
2: Yeah, it irritates me when I have to be. And the Apple stuff doesn't care. I mean, it, it'll do either one, and right. everybody else so, needs MP3. I mean,
0: go ahead if you're listening to us on iTunes. I'm not saying I just don't like being. I, I just don't like being limited to. Plus, Apple. if you
2: hit one of those one of those AAC links on a web page, it'll launch iTunes, which will take forever, and then just to play that file you like bringing up nightmares for me, man. Don't. Yeah. Don't. Okay.
1: We seemed to have glossed over one thing from the email. What was that? That Warner Brothers could not agree with Warner Brothers.
2: Oh, no. He's going to get no, back to
1: No, I said I'm going to get back to
0: it, Nate. Over and over. Over and over. That was my joke, and that's my point. It just <laughs> says, that goes back to 1992. When? When we get to movies. And when we get okay. to TV. And here I'm going to say so the first thing in comics I pick I up We were
1: talking movies right now. We're
0: talking comics. We're Let's we talk were comics. we were talking letters. Let's talk comics first. Uh we have an order to these things. Damn, it. order must be kept. Yes. Um attention must be paid. Uh I was sleeping.
1: <laughs> I know. And
0: I hadn't even mentioned Doctor Who yet. Anyway, uh so um Wally West is going to return to the new 52. Probably in the most confusing manner. I saw an article about how Teen Titans is getting canceled. And there's a reference to the new origin for Kid Flash. And I just went, wait, what? There's a whole new what? Uh, ow. And just just even a sentence explaining it went, thank you. I am not ever going to. It reminded me of the days of Scott Lobdell, who I've met a couple times Really nice guy, and don't get me wrong, people. It, you know, I think it, there's something endemic to the industry. When I talk about like something somebody says irritates me, it's nothing personal against that person. But he says he's not going to apologize for fans of Teen Titans for essentially ruining their favorite book. You know,
2: and I, I have a question. Yeah, New Fifty Two. Why Original, <laughs> Originally, Fifty Two books. Are they still? 52 books? I think... With the additions and the subtractions they've done? Have they've we kept trying, the count? They've been trying. And I they've think just, they're... I think they they, they believe that's the, the magic number for their finances? or Because and they thought it was clever. Or are we eventually going to get to the new 54? No. No. Because they don't count series, And then the alliteration isn't quite...
0: Uh, no, because it's 52 weeks in yeah. a year. Ah. So when we have that weekly series again called Five Years Later in the New 52, um, or whatever they're going to call it, um, again, we're. I, I believe they should just they should just start a series called Captain Clutching at Straws and go <laughs> ahead and begin with it. And he, you know, he just like you know, he's a farmer. Let's just uh, let's just roll out his, his origin right now. He's
2: from America's heartland. I predict they're going to have a book that's going to cost two dollars. It's going to be entirely blank pages, and if you buy it, they will promise not to do one of those every day, every weekly every every week new issue books for $4. Oh, okay. I'm so very it's like by it's that. like it's like it's like extortion, you know.
0: Well, speaking of extortion, they are talking Marvel is like saying, you know, what about the $4.99 price point? That apparently that $2.99 price point. I and I swear to god, this came out of a Marvel press com- uh Marvel interview in like a business week or something. Um, uh, you know that $2.99 price point, that's denying comic book stores a lot of A lot of income they could be having. Wow! Like I'm really feeling like some executive from Marvel is like, it's not about our profits. No, it's about Anna because we're gonna write. We're gonna write the and all these people. We're gonna raise the
2: price and pass every cent of that raise. That extra dollar goes to the dealers, right?
0: Exactly. And by the dealers, I mean our dealers out on Seventh Street, right? uh, In in the alleyway. Um, So anyway. (laughs) Wally West is returning to the new 52. I don't know how. I saw a glimpse of a uniform, and the question is, and it doesn't really bother me, I think it's one of the few things, if you're going to just completely throw everything up in the air, I am now completely a big fan of making it multicultural because if these characters were starting now, um, they would be. Uh, it is This is a crossover with television. They have. I'm going to give a quick leap forward. For the Flash pilot, they have cast Jesse L. Martin who was from Rent and was on Law & Order, uh, is going to play Detective West, who was like a father figure to Barry Allen. So, if you know Jesse L. Martin, he is black. So then the speculation now is, are are they going to introduce into the comics a Wally West, who is black, so that there can be a, a young black actor play Wally West on television? Which I think is great if... You're going to give him powers. If you're just going to Pete Ross him, yeah. like on Smallville, and that's the specific reference where they made Pete Ross black and then they didn't know what the heck to do with the character. Right. And they're... they're f-
1: and then they had him move fle- away. Yeah.
0: His futile and fleeting attempt at multi- uh, diversity in Smallville just went... So, you know, they had him move away because he, he left the show. He was tired of, like, he had no purpose because they'd created Chloe and they had a cute blonde or the chubby little black guy and they went with the cute blonde instead of you know the taller Gary Coleman. Surprise! So, yeah, it was just, yeah. And I just agree with that. Uh, she's a cute blonde. Allison Mack, mm-hmm. I love you. Anyway, um, so, uh, that's that I'll, and we'll see but I I stopped reading Flash because I just, again it was the kind of thing of like, well, it's just like reading Ultimate X-Men. You're messing with the characters as I know them for no other reason than to be messing with the characters. Yeah. And, you know, I liked Wally West the way he was, but if you if they bring back Wally West, I don't care what ethnicity he is, as long as he's a good character. My fear is it won't be. So, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, another character coming back, because we've all been demanding it. And I suspected this was happening because of a book I picked up over Christmas called Legendary uh, uh-huh. from Dynamite Entertainment, which was a steampunk version of a variety of different uh, characters they own. Green Hornet and uh, Zorro and Vampirella, and I uh, can't remember who else. But one of the things in the Indicia that we hadn't appeared yet
2: is that the one that's in the back of the yeah, yeah, it is. It's,
0: it's a Dynamite book. Okay, is that one. is uh, yes. Okay, is Jack is it- Kirby's Captain Victory and the Galaxy Rangers. Wow, is really? coming back to Dynamite. Who's
2: drawing it? Uh,
0: well, not Jack Kirby. <laughs>
3: Probably not.
0: Probably not. Uh. I'll, what I do know is it's being written by Joe Casey, who has written the image comic that's kind of the, the Kirby tribute called
2: Godland I liked Godland,
0: yeah, so I think uh that's uh it's a good choice um people talk about it like being oh, this is great creation I was like I remember reading it
3: it's and it was it's fun. like
0: it's like most of Kirby to me I'm sorry, I know it's totally heretical to say this, but almost everything Kirby did after yeah up into include, with the exception of the demon and Mr Miracle. Mm -hmm. The new gods, to me, are fun, but kind of silly. And um, so I don't hold the fourth world in quite the same esteem that a lot of other people do. And so when you got to when he left Marvel and DC and was doing things like Silver Star and um, uh, Satan 6 and then Captain Victory, I bought it. I was all excited. Ooh, Pacific Comics, a whole new company challenging Marvel and DC. And I bought Pacific Comics. And the thing I will always remember about Captain Victory is that every member of the Gal- of the galactic Rangers of the galaxy Rangers would wear in their belt buckle a tiny little fetal form of life to symbolize that how much they they revered life all life and respected it, and that in the very first issue, Captain Victory was blown up to bits and just transferred his consciousness into a clone body ready to go. So basically, they wear little sacrificial fetuses on their, like, it was one of those things where Kirby would come up with these really cool concepts and not think through the consequences of them. And
2: then somebody went, oh, here's what Jack was thinking at the time.
0: (laughs) You know, and then you kind of go like, wait a minute, he just blew up. (laughs) And this poor, helpless life form is being carried to go, we revere, wait, no, we revere life! You know, so um, it was like a Monty Python sketch.
2: Um you know, so reminds I, me of the, that zombie film that you uh, you put up with the uh, the father and the baby on his back. Oh, that was a great that film, a though. Great film. That was
0: that was a beautiful yeah. little
2: film. Uh, Cargo is yeah. what is what it's called. Beautiful,
0: beautiful. Um, and and I yeah, you know, I'll get back to a little TV because I watched a couple of new things we should be recommending, and I forgot to put them on the list. But I'll, I'll just say I caught up with a couple of things, or at least discovered a couple of things. I want to just mention that yep. know, Pens would like. The other big news piece, and and it's not really a surprise to me because I I thought I'd read it before, but again, the press reports it this week as news, is that in our constant hunger for new Doctor Who news, in this where where Nate goes, uh, new Doctor Who news before August, uh, aside from an action figure of uh, (laughs) of the new guy in the old suit <laughs> like they're just messing with us yeah, they won't funny. show us what he's like even have you seen the footage the news the new shots of him are like in a hospital gown and it's like oh just just show yeah, us what exactly. he's going to wear um, he's wearing the hospital gown that's yeah a, yeah but at least it's a daring move but at least it's it's Strax and Lady Vastra and Jenny and so I'm very excited yeah. for that but that's yeah. tv but back to comics titan books has gotten the license to do doctor who comics so no oh. word on the creators I don't think that's a big surprise because they're they're a transatlantic company. They're both on in the UK and the US. So IDW has been doing it recently. IDW lost the license, so the license and is so gone, the though. so the holiday special they released after. So they finished with uh, Prisoners of Time. Yeah, they released that fantastic uh, fifty dollar hardcover of it, which I so I, I, I want to you know eventually save back up and pick it up. Uh, and then they did this this one shot where uh, the Doctor. Uh, got transferred to our earth and helped a girl uh a tween girl who was being bullied named ally uh so i was very moved that it was like you know not that my daughter was ever bullied as far as i know um but it was still like oh it was a nice because you know my kids and i have really been bonding over it so it was a nice comic it was like you know well done and i sent a note to chris ryle and said you know at idw I said thanks you know this is my daughter's name it's really cool um but that was their farewell, and I thought they'd done a fine job. So I don't know. I don't think there was an issue of anything other than no. they licensed it for a certain amount of time, and the BBC went well. Let's keep it British, uh, you know. In exchange, IDW got Judge Dredd, you know. So two thousand and AD is reprinting every, is letting IDW t- do an American take on a lot of their properties. So in addition to Judge Dredd, which uh, Nate and I, you know, were at a signing and said we got Mega City Two. Uh, and they're doing a regular Judge Dread book, and they're going to revive Rogue Trooper and oh. do an American version of that. Cool. So, you know, they're, they're all fine there. But anyway, that's Doctor Who. Uh, you mentioned today a planetary omnibus, which would be the – if ever there's a book you need to just sit – the only other one I'd say is The Invisibles, where you should sit and read in one sitting uh-huh. just once, just best, once. Best of luck with say that. Say you did that. Yeah, <laughs> say you did it, and then five days later when you went, huh. Maybe I should have just watch Twin Peaks again. Uh, you know,
3: <laughs>
2: cuz I thought I was going to do that in one sitting and that didn't happen. Yeah. So go ahead. No, the Omnibus, uh, it just came out this week in local stores. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it follows the um absolute edition. There was a two do- two What do you mean it follows it? That was the last time this has been printed. Uh-huh. As an absolute edition. And don't you have the absolute edition I of Planetary? do. But the difference between the two, aside from size, of the book and paper, and cost, and cost, okay, is that the omnibus edition contains the ancillary st- stories, the the ones that broke out into alternate worlds, that are not in the absolute. The
0: absolute doesn't have JLA planetary. No, it, does it doesn't not. have Batman planetary. It does it.
2: not. Those two, it does not have.
0: Oh, jeez. Well, then I'm glad I never bought the absolute. That's and we'll not have to buy the omnibus because i think i have all of planetary. Yeah. But i want it i want it in one collection and omnibuses still scare me. i haven't actually broken down and gotten it's one. It's a
2: good, hefty bit. Uh, and that's the problem paper, again. Yeah. i'm going to
0: have a, a home with a pedestal where i can there read uh, where I can you'll stand read and read aloud to the room. I will. For those who do not know what we're talking about. And Car D'Angelo and I have been talking about doing, uh, doing a project involving um, commentary on Planetarium. I'm really? Hoping wow. it would be really fun. To, I, yeah. Or rather, I horned in on one he was planning to do with somebody else, and I said, we'll host it. We'll see. Um, uh, we talked, and then- There's a the, lot to talk
2: about in that book. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah. And and Car absolutely is just a magnificent planetary fiend. Um, but if you don't know what that book is, it's uh, by Warren Ellis, and uh, uh, it was the writer, and John Cassidy- is the artist magnificent artist? Oh, magnificent! Magnificent. Well, and people know who Cassidy is now. I think his yeah. name is really. But this is really the book that I think kind of broke it. Yeah. He Broke it. Broke his name into the public consciousness, and it is basically Warren Ellis's. I mean, it's a great adventure. It's a great mystery, but it's a tour through pop culture, and uh, you know, and not just Western pop culture, world culture. Um, the fiction, an emphasis on the adventure fiction, the adventure fiction. It's it's a it's a, it's a a old Newtonist yes. kind of take. Again, we all owe uh, this. Is, I hope this doesn't put Nate to sleep because. I, but you, you said that it's being reprinted. We all owe Philip Jose Farmer, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a great debt for like tying all this together in the '60s, and then a bunch of authors have done riffs. Alan Moore's League of Extraordinary Gentlemen's a riff. I'm gonna say like there was Top Shelf just announced an, another volume of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And I have to say, I went. Oh, I've been buying them, and I've been enjoying them less and less. Yeah. But I read Planetary, and I started rereading the first i the first trade
2: paperback. It's just as fresh as and it went was.
0: It is. It's 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 great. It sets up a fantastic mystery. You've got you've got great protagonists, and, and then you get to have
2: everybody as a, from the from the point of view of storytelling. The pacing of the individual stories is groundbreaking. It's unique. It, there's often stories where they go into a situation post whatever was happening and just kind of define what happened in this environment and figure it out. And yeah. that's the end of the story. And it's still it's beautiful. Or so you think. Well, that's the end of that issue. Right. That, you know, that part right, of the story. Right. Right. And it all ties back in the end. It's just an amazing it's, effort. Yeah, so
0: I I I absolutely rec- recommend it. I hope I can find one and a copy of it. I'm sure they'll you know pop up on Amazon. Also
2: wor- worth noting that it was it was years delayed in finishing, which blast. is why getting it in an Omnibus would be fantastic. Be able to yeah, sit down, and, sit down and
0: read it all. And you know the other thing is it would have been interesting in the Batman Planetary crossover. You know they encounter Bruce Wayne and there's a, like a dimensional shift in the bleed that causes ver- they meet various versions yes. of Batman including and it's just infamously Batman 66 but they couldn't come out and say it yeah. and they could and they had to make changes to the costume so it's just interesting now to say like when people say like why am i so excited about all this Batman 66 stuff it's cuz it's cuz DC's had to dance around this beloved portrayal of their own most famous character for decades and 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 planetary is a perfect example of how they couldn't there's also a solo a book solo by Mike Allred which there was a solo omnibus recently as well all you know when they uh-huh. and there's a story in there that was that was supposed to be Batman 66 but they had to alter things again and so it's like you know it's so good that when Batman 66 had my, a Mike Allred cover I was like oh thank you he finally got to just do it yeah you know so anyway but to get back to planetary fantastic fantastic book and so much better than the companion at the time, which is how I had seen it, was the Authority, and at the beginning, oh, yeah. at the beginning, oh, yeah. there's sort of a connection, and then I think there's an Authority Planetary crossover, but Planetary just blew Authority away. Authority now looks so much of its time, yeah, that it's ridiculous. But now, Well, Pla- Authority but was Planetary really trying
2: to riff on the JLA kind of storyline and stuff, and Planetary was so unique into itself, and it's a it's beautiful, wonderful. it's beautiful, yeah. Yeah. And also
0: you read one, and you go, "I think I want to explore that genre, yeah, or oh, you know? yeah you get to the hong kong cop show cop cinema, and you go okay i got i should watch or Your I Husband. think I
2: want to watch a Godzilla movie or I think which
0: by the way, we did not we need to, to acknowledge another... uh Nate I let's see if you know this one um a guy who passed away over Christmas vacation, uh but we really need to pay attention to at a hundred and six sir run run Shaw, oh Nate, do you know who Sir Run run Shaw was? Only one of the
1: pioneers of the martial arts film.
0: Basically, the man who created yes, because you listen to Hollywood Babel on as well, because uh, they paid tribute, and I even went. That's what I meant to because I'd read it. I'd read it. I saw he'd passed away, and I'm like, I got it because I have a lot of uh, a lot of the double uh, under the uh, Double Dragon DVD imprint. Mm-hmm. I have several of his of his films, and the
1: Shaw Brothers are my the favorite. The Shaw
0: Brothers are amazing, and we owe talk about owing. Uh, a change to western culture the uh the kung fu film as we know it if you if i may use it so crudely in that phrase is all to sir run run shaw so just an acknowledgement 106 wow that guy started making movies in 1925 wow and like he won oscars like he made the last emperor you know i mean like just amazing film so anyway back to comics Let's go. What's in the bag? Hey. You start. Me? What's in the bag? Good. I wanted a theme song for it. (laughs) I would like us to be a little more like Hollywood Babylon. Could somebody actually just orchestrate one? (laughs) I'm going to ask for a friend to do that. I've got a friend who might get a kick out of doing that, creating little theme songs. My first What's in the Bag, um, Rick missed it entirely. It did. I got a review up today. And it is a challenge on Facebook, says, because Nate thinks I'm scared. She would have been too scared to read this book. Well, you were.
3: And, uh, no. <laughs> um,
0: I, that's not it. You guys, it's just, it's, now it's a bit. Now it's a lifestyle choice. It's like not what, having ever seen an episode of Magnum PI. Like, um, you've never seen an episode of Magnum PI? Nope. Never have. And All now right. it's, just a, ma- it's now just a badge of pride. Uh, <laughs> wow. It was a, yeah. I always had jazz band. Anyway um so and I didn't have a VCR so uh George Romero, who talked about run run Shaw definitely had his huge impact and so here we get to talk about another person <coughs> who changed, changed the landscape of American culture uh because the concept world, cu- world, tr- world culture world culture the concept of the zombie as we see it overrunning cinema and pop culture uh, is uh because of a little film that scared the every last ounce of orger I had in my body out of me for six months, uh, night of the living dead. Uh, George Romero. It's been to, uh, now I was trying to write the article. I couldn't remember the name of the movie that I had seen. Um, I've seen uh, Land of the Dead. I've seen Dawn of the. Dead. I've saw the remake of Dawn of the Dead. I've still never seen the original, and I didn't really need to go back and see. Oh, it. the original's really good. Uh, yeah, I, I know, but it's That's just the like, one in the mall. But just yes, I know, yeah. and it's the, and the remake is as well. But I yeah. but I feel like it's one of those that because Romero scared me so badly with like you show me a clip from Night of Living Dead and all that eleven year old. Being scared crapless in his friend's house at a, at a sleepover is just comes right back. Yeah, and uh, you know, because it was just so well done, and so I'm afraid that Dawn of the Dead might be the way. I think Day of the Dead I could probably, it seems funnier, campier, and then I watched Land of the Dead, and I thought that was very campy.
2: Land of the Dead is, is so pretty crazy. this is all
0: a very roundabout save. He's been slowly rebooting, and he released through Marvel Comics today, uh, and which I think is it's great seeing these old guys complete the story the way they want to tell it, I guess in comics, because you might not get the budget to tell uh, it, you know, yeah. Yeah. uh, with the art by Alex Maliv, who had been with Brian Michael Bendis on that great, uh, run of daredevil, um, and scarlet from I, uh, icon, icon, uh, empire of the dead, which is, that's made a reference to that. It says like when you go now entering New York, instead of saying the empire state, it says empire and somebody has scrawled of the, dead, the dead on it. Um, it seems to be a lot more evolved now. I haven't seen *Survival of the Dead* or *Diary of the Dead*, which were the ones after uh, *Land*. But a lot of people have told me not, not to bother that it wasn't uh, that they weren't as good. Um, but it seems that it's evolved into it's not as it's not as precarious a balance between the living and the dead as those other earlier films had seemed. Like you know, the dead were going to win uh, in in those, and here it's more like no, we're kind of. It's just an uneasy. There are sections of the city that have been given up to to them, uh, but there still, there's still a government, there's still a concept. So, But what's really fascinating about it is, um, I don't know if people are, are aware, I get to do this again, oh I love being the Zorlock on this. Night of the Living Dead was poorly copyrighted, as in actually nobody technically owns the copyright. Which is why there are about five or six different DVD versions including cuts of the film running around it's kind of it's not quite public domain but it's sort of an orphan and nobody's none of the people actually involved in it ever had enough money to legally resolve it so right. it just sort of
2: like it's out there it was almost like what you consider a fan film to, these days with right far as right the right
0: production. right well and also because they certainly had no idea no that it was going to have
2: the no. impact that it I mean, did it really I, they got a twist on it that nobody else had ever thought of. Before that, any movie with zombies in it, it was like zombie was almost just like a mummy. It was slow moving, strangling thing.
0: It was the Haitian concept yeah. of yeah. You know,
2: just the brain dead,
0: and it was, but usually enthralled to someone to, else. Yes, they know, were. They were missions. You know, like and so White forth. Zombie, the Battle of the Gosi movie. Uh, these flesh eating ghouls is what they really are, yeah. but they got called zombies. Um Anyway, so this Empire of the Dead not only is it a direct descendant of the original Night of the Living Dead, he rewrites or recasts some of the scenes uh, in Night of the Living Dead, and so there's the protagonist, as I can tell, is a is a woman named Penny, and Penny is the younger sister of Barbara from the first film. Right, Barbara survived in George Romero's writing of this. Oh. But Barbara is the character that I remember dying the most because of her brother saying, "They're coming to get you, Barbara," and the brother is the victim, the first victim, and so is the scariest scene in that whole thing when her brother comes back for her and blah blah. So he's rewritten that, and, the, and, and that, and that it doesn't invalidate what you saw, but says you didn't see everything. Uh-huh. That leads to the concept as he's been evolving is that there's some, the dead aren't quite as brain dead as people oh. think so uh, he's also combining i think i still i haven't seen all of it I'm only seen bits and pieces of martin uh the movie he made about the boy who thinks he's a vampire
2: oh yeah,
0: so you know basically his only uh, his other big you yeah. know close to being a cult hit not as not as important to the landscape but a lot of but it's a well respected film yeah and uh so uh so elements of that are here as well and unfortunately the it's the, it, the if there's a if there's a huge gaping flaw in it it's that 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 element is telegraphed visually so like ridiculously um that it must be it must be conscious but it just seems it sticks out like a sore thumb in this otherwise really well drawn by Alex Maliev it's disturbing cuz he i don't like he's not like photorealistic but i feel almost like it's like a photoshop effect over people and yeah, you can see on the cover there's the spoiler of, of that of that element. So I'm not really giving a spoiler away because you can see it on the cover.
2: Looks like vampire bites.
0: That's what Martin is about. It's a boy who thinks he's a vampire. So yes, there's living dead and vampires, and uh. um, so. Um, but I like his I like his style. I I think it's an interesting it's an interesting book. It wasn't great. It was just the thing is I think this is what people have complained about: survival of the dead and diary of the dead is. He's struggling to say something new, and he's got a good idea in the idea of what it, what happens if the dead are not as dead as you think, but it's not it's not gelling too well yet. So I'm going to see it through, uh, or at least another couple of issues. But you know, it, it and and it's again historically important. George Romero writing a book, but I have
2: no doubt that's going to get collected. So yeah. missing the first issue is going to be the opportunity to just say, I'm going to get that collected. Okay, you're going to get the trade.
0: All right, yeah. I like that. it says, not for kids,
2: really big and red, to make sure that nobody,
0: that nobody makes it like it's, it's of Marvel. Of course,
2: that would be beneath most of where kids would see the... Right. I know, I know, but I'm going to give Marvel points we had for trying. on the cover, Mister Jones.
0: I'm going to give Marvel points for trying. Yes. Go ahead, Nate.
1: My... <clears throat> Yes. Grandpa, Let's see, Nate. how about Well, I'll just go with Walking Dead 120, which is the halfway point, the halfway point of All Out War, the current oh. storyline. Uh-huh. And uh, more stuff happens.
2: <laughs> Thanks, Spoilers. Nate. Thanks, Nate. Nate, spoiler-free review. <laughs>
1: That's right. Ah, uh, if if what I saw in
0: Bleeding Cool is correct, something really big happened. I don't even have to read; I just have to weekly watch Bleeding Cool to spoil something big. I have to wait for the trades. Yeah, well, don't read Bleeding Cool.
2: Um, I want to start I, my my first one is FF uh, FF Future Foundation sixteen, which is the which is actually the last book in the current run on the Fantastic Four as well. Okay, which um, now you're not reading this. <coughs> Maybe. I am. I am. I'm just behind. Oh, that's I right. We, we had, a had, had that conversation this morning. This. Nate, are you reading it? Which one? F- Fantastic F- Four and FF? No, I had to drop it. Okay. So, I, without spoiling anything, of course, you have the, you have the two storylines that have been going on and kind of intermingling between the Fantastic Four going off and looking for the cure to their their cellular degeneration. Yeah, yeah. And then you've got the future foundation, which are basically at war with Dr. Doom. Um, and the storylines both resolve about three quarters of the way through the book. And then they both go to an Alred drawn finale where all the characters for both books are in the storyline again. And it's just like, it's a wonderful way to end both books well, and the I didn't even feel bad about the fact that oh, I've already read this part in the other book. When I oh saw oh, it. I didn't get what you were exactly, saying. It's so, exactly the oh, same okay. pages that finish off both books,
0: which makes sense because I mean that's how FF started was that the Fantastic Four said we're going to go we're off on seconds. our own little adventure. Yeah, yep. So it's all done. Oh, cool.
2: So uh, you know it's it'd be tough to recommend this book on its own, but if you've been buying it, okay. And if you haven't been buying it, it'll be collected, and you'll want to you want to read this. This is. Uh, the juxtaposition between the really deadly serious uh, Fantastic Four book and the tongue-in-cheek uh, FF book is pretty wonderful.
1: Yeah, yeah. I want to go back real quick because I just <clears throat> looked at Bleeding Cool. I'm assuming you're referring to the yeah. spoilers that they posted with three panels. Yes. Um, this is this is an erroneous. Uh, reading hype. of it spoiler okay well it's the, basically the three panels they show are not spoilers because what they're saying they're spoiling is not a spoiler
0: you know uh it's uh they're doing their job which is to bait clicks you know i mean that's it so if somebody picks that up and goes what this happened you know then they're going to click on the article and then they've got yeah you know and so there's that reality um i and pretty, I pretty I'm pretty poor at doing those kinds of headlines and doing those kinds I of articles.
1: Get the but it's not even an article.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. I mean, even their confirmation today the of deathlock was just like they ran the tweets. I go, oh, and and that's where I, that's where I get frustrated. Is like, how about you point out that two weeks ago, yeah. You know, if you knew who Deathlock was, this is what happened. Oh, I jumped ahead to TV. But you know, I mean, that's the way they did it. It's just like it's like a ooh, this is all news, and then people get hyped up. So again, hey guys, if you listen to this podcast, click on the articles too because the traffic is how I get to you know uh, convince sell ads <laughs> to sell ads basically. Um, so I I think this book is old because I noticed the, uh, the next one on your pile, Rick, uh, is one I had was going to be mine. Um, this one. Uh, no, was that no? You had one. that one, yeah. Um, so I'm not going to use that one. I'm going to go a little okay. deeper. That I picked this up at Earth Two, and it's it's actually I think it's at least a month old, but it was worth pointing out. Um, and Nate was with me when I picked this up. It's called The Illegitimates, and it's from IDW, and it's by Terran Killam of Saturday Night Live.
2: That's quite a porof- provocative cover.
0: It is. So here's the plot, uh, and it is written by Taryn Killam and Mark Andreco with uh, art by let me see um by Kevin pencils by Kevin Sharp and inks by Ooh hey, a female creator Diana Greenhog, and what the plot of this is in the story is called who's your daddy and it's basically about like a James Bond kind of character. I think you'd really dig this book, yeah, and it shows like at the various points in the um it is kind of funny uh, the various points in the James Bond film history <laughs> um. He's, like, with whatever woman and so forth. And so you know that it's gone off into some kind of sexual trice. There's a towel to get strapped. And then it goes to the modern 2013. And finally, finally, um, and actually I realize it's probably a bit out of Skyfall where, like, he's wrestling on a train and then the train tunnel comes and wipes his head off in a very gross thing. So, like, the the British government's like, what do we do? What do we do? And they go, don't worry. We've been... We've been planning for this day. We've been collecting his bastard children. <laughs> oh. And so it's a setup for a plot of what if all of James Bond's children had to step into his shoes oh. in case he's gone.
2: That could be interesting. And
0: so and they don't even they don't ever really give a very clear look at him. It's like
2: a, at the bond at the here. bond here,
0: like here this is probably the clearest look you have, and he's got a yeah, martini glass blocking his And, <laughs> and I, think that, I think that's on purpose. This is a little joke. Uh, they call him Jack Steele, um, And uh, so, you know, but here it is. Like, uh, the, the next month, issue two, kids, don't mess up the house while dad's gone. So there's sort of this implication that maybe it'll all be fake, but you Does got, it jump back and forth between times and I stuff? I know, it, well, it just flashes back and shows who all the kids are. I mean, because you've got... It starts in... This is like the Cold War, the 50s, and so he's got a woman like Vesper Lynn, Then there's one that's kind of a live and let die. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, there's Kissy Suzuki, uh, or whichever the who that was. Kissy Suzuki the villain, lived, the evil no, one. She was, uh, who Yulon was the Yulon evil one? Uh, I was in You Only Live Twice. There were two. Yeah. There's a. There's always a. There was a Japanese femme fatale. Uh. So she's there. Um, this one Pacific Ocean 1985, so it's really kind of Spy Who Loved Me, even uh-huh. though it's a little late, you know. So I said they're just kind of analogs, and it's funny. Uh, and then there's a brief uh, replacement for Money Penny, uh, who was actually referred to as Miss Heather Pence. Uh, so um, really kind of a f- it's, art looks good. It's it's good art. Yeah, it's it was a good read. just disgusting, a uh, beheading, uh, but uh, but a fun. Fun, uh, fun book and a fun concept, and I picked it up because I saw it at Earth Two. So I'd kill him, and I went, "Is that Taran Killam, who's like my favorite on Saturday Night Live?" And I just wanted to give it a shot, and I'm I'm kind of glad I did. Though the cover is there, he is James Bond drinking with all his pregnant. Um, I, I, women. I,
2: I the cover put me off. I have to say, the cover put me off. Well, that's what it's called, the Illegitimates. And it's a I know, Jerry, it's I, a Jerry Ordway cover. It's Jerry Ordway. I didn't I didn't really give I glanced at it. I know I know. It, you so know? You,
0: so someone like you might have been put off.
2: I, but I think you would enjoy I'm a this big book. Bond fan, and so I would I would have totally liked that story, given it the way you vocalized it rather than the way yeah. they. So, so, <laughs> so I would say go check it out, and okay. if, you, if, you
0: wait, if you wait till trade, wait till trade. But either way, you're gonna to want to read the illegitimates. Okay, so they've even got the guns, you yes. know.
1: So, all right. Anyway, next, Nate. Next is indestructible Hulk, eighteen point inhumanity, or whatever. All right, oh. those, dot, dot oh, the inhumanity.
2: That's so weird.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, continuing the story of Banner came up with a plan to stop the inhumanity bomb or whatever it was that happened. Yeah. And, uh, well, the bomb went off. He's trying right. to stop the effect. So in 17, Iron Man, Beast, and Hank Pym come to find out what he's working on. And they're like, oh, you worked on another bomb. So automatically... They steal it from him because why would Banner build a bomb? Hmm. And so then uh, mm-hmm. the bomb ends up going off, and it kind of works and kind of doesn't work. It, it's supposed to freeze radiation effects. I don't. It was like a weird time travel bomb that uh, he figured out during his trip. Yeah. In previous issues, back and forth in time when he was Agent of Time. So anyway, uh, he fights with everybody, shockingly enough, because yeah. he's the Hulk. Uh, of course.
2: <laughs> of course. Okay, cool. Next, Rick. So the next one I have, and I'm trying to find. Ah, oh yeah, there it is. I'm, the next one I have is the all-new Invaders, number one. Yes. Which is, uh, remarkably enough, uh, Winter Soldier, Captain America, Namor, and uh, Jim Hammond. The human, the, the, he, human the torch. original human torch. Um, um, yes, which I have reviewed on which, the site now. And you, you, uh, you mentioned in the review that, um, Hammond is being brought out here and there's confusion about which, which torch he is. But is there confusion from Fox as to, well, I don't who know, I don't torch. know, but
0: what I, uh, no, because this torch has appeared. In, in fantastic the, the four, no Captain, you know Captain America, the First Avenger. But, you, but yeah. what I mean is, that if you were a casual reader, and you sure. walked in, uh, say in two months you're seeing Captain America: The Winter Soldier, you walk in and you go, "Oh, there's the Human Torch," right? And you think it's Johnny Storm because you also watch. so they
2: could use in the in the Marvel world of cinema. I don't think they can call him the Human Torch. Okay,
0: but I think they can call him like the android. They can call him Jim, Jim Hammond. Hammond. They why does he have to have a superhero name at all?
2: Yeah.
0: Or maybe they'll
1: call him Toro.
2: Hmm. Interesting. You know, I don't know.
1: Yeah. So um Maybe they'll call him Jim.
2: But yeah but the uh the the, the book is pretty sweet the funny thing about it is, if I love if, the art, I love Steve Pugh's art. If you read the Marvel Now . point one, yes, I did number two one, weeks ago. So there is actually was... a number of pages that introduce a lot of the backstory that isn't re- reprinted in this book, right? And so it's one of those ones where you really should read these . point one releases of uh, from the Marvel and Now, and I stuff. resent that because the purpose of
0: Marvel Now is it's, so that the casual reader can go in and jump in.
2: Indeed. So, I, I, I agree. And especially since this one this one was one the one they charged for, right? Yeah, it was it six was, bucks. Well, yeah, it was six bucks for that. Right. I enjoyed it.
0: Right. Don't get me wrong. But they're all characters I know. And that's my point. That's why I couldn't give it a full five stars. I love James Robinson's characterization. Yep. You totally get what's up with Jim Hammond. I, I have no idea what he's feeling guilty about, what event they're
2: referring to. And this whole thing about the, uh, what is his name? Well, because that, but that's that's a mystery. Yeah, yeah. Why is this? Why is uh, Major Liberty in here instead of Cap? Right, and that's that does smack of Jim Robinson having some fun with. Uh, well, and the but it
0: also, but it reminded me of the What If that uh, the fourth issue of What If the first series. Yeah, is what if the invaders had not disbanded after World War II, and they actually then went back and retconned and said that that is the one issue of What If. It wasn't a what if at all; oh. <laughs> that it actually fit in continuity, and because because they because they had previously, everyone had just assumed that when Cap uh, died. blew up, yeah. when they thought he died, um, that the invaders had disbanded. And instead, Roy Thomas was writing was again retroactive continuity, trying to figure out why was there. And it's from that issue that you get, um, uh, I, I think, uh, that you lead into why there was a Cap in the 50s and why Cap's right, solo book went right, right. until 1949 and then went away for a couple of years right. and then came back And they the brought that
2: out in the Captain America series at the same time.
0: Right. So um, it was. It turned him into there's villain. a character called Spirit of 76. Well, yeah, that's where Nomad comes from. Right. Uh, Jack Ryder, Jack I think, it was Nomad. Um, so um, the uh, Spirit of 76, and then there's another one called Sentinel of Liberty who took, or the Patriot, uh, who took over. And so there there has been this where there was a sense of that there were other people filling in for Cap when he had disappeared. Right. And um, so I think that was a reference back to it. I, but I think more importantly, and this is, I can't read a single event in Marvel without thinking of how it's going to tie into their movie and TV plans. And here it is, this Invader book, comes in and you go, well, there's Baron Strucker. We know Baron Strucker has just been cast yeah. in uh, Age of Ultron, and uh, you've got Captain America. You've got Winter Soldier, who Jim Hammond even says I heard he was dead, and I don't even know because I haven't re- been keeping up with that. Um, but there's the Winter Soldier again, so they're re- you know they're ready for that tie-in. And I asked Carr, um, who owns Namor, hmm. and we're not, sh- and he says uh, Universal had
1: him. Okay, but he thinks that expired, and I did you write? Yeah, you wrote it in the article, huh? Yeah, I wrote article. it and yeah. said
0: I, and then and then once Carr started talking to me, today, I went, I better confirm with Carr because I think Carr might know better than I would. He tends to know better about who owns what rights, and uh, because he often knows the people at the bottom. So um, it's uh, yeah. So if Marvel owns Namor. I could see a Captain America 3 going back and being except then why didn't they do the invaders in uh the first avenger I, I you know I don't know but we do know if they didn't have the rights the android and- the android showed up in, in the Stark Expo and so I I kept expecting watching it when they went in the submarine thing I thought oh yeah that's it namor's coming mm-hmm. namor's coming um so you could have him That'd be a nice, really kickass, a nice little one-off to have the invaders, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you but know. anyway,
2: It'd be interesting. But anyway, go ahead. This book, the invaders, the the, the the all new invaders. The original invaders were were the allies invading Europe. Right. This invaders is in World War II, By the way, they were officially called the All Winners Squad. The All Winners Squad. Yes. The invaders in this book are the Cree. Invading us, invading us, and they're looking for the prior all-winner squad, who have some uh, MacGuffin that they want to get a hold of. No spoilers, not to be confused with the Invaders, the Quinn Martin
0: television series <laughs> yes. of the sixties, and they can all wiggle that little finger just fine. I love that. I had that big little book. I read over. I read that thing and the and the and the Whitman novel of the Invaders like. I had to have read, read each of them at least ten times. Long before I ever saw the show. I don't think I ever saw the show until I was... only about five years ago
2: when they released it on DVD. See, I would, I would go around as a kid... Oh, but I knew. ...and not bend my finger so that maybe somebody would call me out as being an innovator. Oh, no, I would do that, too. <laughs> yeah. But I
0: only knew it from illustrations in the big little uh, book. Ah, uh. ah. So, um, anyway. Uh, anyway, so that's okay. You got... Uh, which I, I thought it was a good book. I, Again, my only concern with it is I'm not sure that someone not already familiar with all the characters would be able to get into it.
2: Yeah, I think this is one that's more for us. But
0: I, I'm fine with James yeah. Robinson. You you wrote one for us, buddy. Yep. He's back on Twitter. God bless him.
2: I miss you, James.
0: I want to <laughs> hang out again. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yes. All right. Tell me... Oh, it's me! Oh! Yes. Okay, I'm going to steal your thunder then. Uh, because we wanted to talk about this one together, I know. Um, which is... Okay. Doc Savage, the Man of Bronze, number two. All right, you know, last month, I I, I I ranted about the portrayal of The Amazing Five. I still will rant about them. I still don't think, although he draws Monk better. Oh, yes, that's a good idea. Um, he draws Monk better as an older man. And so the artist, I think, is getting better at drawing. I'm happier with the art in this issue. And mostly, I was really happy with the portrayal of Patricia Savage. Um I I really appreciated seeing Patricia Savage, and I think uh, Chris Roberson, for the first time in a long time of people adapting Doc Savage, gets what Doc Savage is about. So um, I don't know that Dynamite will put that on the cover, but Fanboy Planet, Rick, would I be right? You would you agree with me in this that um, this is the Doc Savage we grew up reading?
2: Yeah, I think that this book is is breaking a lot of ground in recent comic book uh Mm -hmm. portrayals of doc savage and i'm i'm not even gonna go back to the non-marvel dc books that were they were pretty good but they didn't have a lot of they didn't have the same kind of 40s 30s 40s feel to them and they didn't reference the source material as much and as closely as this is on a scale of one two geez he's written
0: he's read all 181 novels Of the original novels. I mean, the fact that he's got a vision of what every key element of the Doc Savage mythos is. The crime college is there. Yeah. Um, Fortress of Solitude. Fortress of Solitude. You've got a new guy, a new villain who is just as dastardly as John Sunlight and makes more sense that he had a plan. You know, so I... I really just I was happy as a clam with this book.
2: I really like the call. There was a there was a specific callback to a prior story to a small element in a prior story that had me going back and doing my research to say that's valid. That was and I know what that's going. So here is what I can say. So so I don't. Spoilers. I don't remember
0: anything about the plot. But if you have on your bookshelf, ready, I'm going to out Zorlack you here, or you're going to at least confirm I'm right. Ready? Because it just it it just flashed into my head. Okay. <clears throat> If you have on your bookshelf a complete collection of the Bantam Reprints, I do. I need you to run to book number eleven. And there you will find the title of the eleven. novel that Rick said was Hang on. Uh, am I right? Oh my god, you do. You do have it. Let's see. Is is the Zorlac right that I remember what number in the Bantam reprints this story is? I would have said number four. Uh uh-uh. uh. Number four is the polar treasure. I'm right. Amazing. Is number 11 out of 181, is it Fear K? Yeah, you have to run back. Get to that microphone and tell me. Do I Am I no longer fit for human society because <laughs> that flashed into my head? Am I right?
2: Bantam edition, Doc Savage, number 11 is Fear K. Oh, my God. <laughs>
0: okay. Which I have not read since 1978.
2: <laughs> I <laughs> no. my I was like pulling them out and going, God, there were 50 cents back then. Oh, uh, 35 cents. <laughs> I have some. I have I, some, I, some of, of that earlier ones that are 35 and 35.
0: Um, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, um, I'm thinking about passing the uh, the the version of uh, letting letting my son read the Man of Bronze that uh, you gave me after uh, you got from your father's collection because I just thought. He's just—he's almost the age when I started reading them. So I just yeah. want to see. But you might think they're too violent. But anyway, it's Fear K, which is also uh, the first, uh, was the first story that they adapted into the radio drama. Which Yes. Uh, yes. yes. So, uh, a.k.a. was Fear Key, I think, in the original Pulp version. And now it is time for me to go to bed because I've clearly, you know, like just <laughs>
2: out-nerded anybody that could possibly be listening right now. Um So can I? I'll add to your gushing. Alex Ross cover is just dead on a Bantam Doc Savage cover. No, I know, and I just just every detail. I mean, it's not hard to duplicate. It's just that they did it. No, people try all the time. This is not not. It's not dead bang simple. But it looks like it looks like James Bama, and and then the back you can see what the alternate
0: covers are. Yeah, and it's a John Cassidy cover again. And the problem is John Cassidy keeps keeps paying homage to the Doc Savage comics. There's a, uh, from the '40s. There's a reason nobody remembers or reprints those. They yeah. suck. Yeah, I want to see John Cassidy take on a photo reala- realistic, do a Obama cover, not an Obama cover, do a James <laughs> Bama cover. Yeah, I want to see I want to see John Cassidy do that. Just I I, I thrilled. I Actually, though, he already
2: did because he did it on a cover of Planetary. I literally thrilled three pages. The autogyros. The jetpack, the Helldiver. They used the, the Helldiver.
3: Helldiver.
0: Ah. I swear to God, if it, well, the only thing missing was Monk going on the elevator, going the crazy go devil. <laughs> uh, you know, it was
1: perfect. Yeah,
0: and and you got Pat like on her own, and then I love the implication. He goes, Pat has her own
2: amazing five. Yeah, which we don't see, but. I totally want to see that. Although that was my one disappointment with the book was the uh, rendition of Monk and Ham in that in that scene, where where we in, they introduced Pat going after yeah. the guy. In the first part, um, I thought Monk just looked like a Hollywood extra thug.
0: I thought later though he looked
2: better. He looked better later. Yeah, yeah.
0: So and now and now because Roberson has them so perfect as characterizations,
3: mm-hmm.
0: I do want to see. Who the Amazing Five are in the '60s, which is what's promised next. Yeah. So you're going to go forward. Roberson is, an, is a writer I'm going to trust to update them
2: in a way that I that I was disappointed
0: time after time that we DC. feared
2: before and were justified in our fear. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's uh, that's my uh, those are my three. Uh, so Nate, your third book.
1: Book number. How many are we doing? Three. Three. We only three. three. Yeah. Okay, then I'll pick. I haven't read it yet. That's never stopped us. But I will go with... Uh, Chew number 39.
0: Chew! Oh, wow. You know, it's very interesting, because I don't. we, we didn't want to talk about it, but Lehman um, has stepped off of Detective, and the reason he gave was because he wanted to, as he put it, it's like he's got a lot of other things in the project, but, but Chew is running, is coming into its last couple of arcs, and he says... <laughs> I, I can't screw this up, <laughs> you know. So he's focusing back on Chew because he's got to do it, you know. So yeah, okay, cool. That Dude. almost
2: sounds like Layman, except there should have been an expletive in there. I don't <laughs> want to talk exactly like <laughs> Layman.
0: I like him. Uh, <laughs> I uh, yeah. oh no, I love him, but, but, uh, but yeah. yeah. But again, saying there are certain things about people no, that I just go, oh, I'm not going to. be. No, I'm not going to be. I, this is a family podcast, after all. Not really, but
2: more so than Moron versus fanboy is uh, as a vidcast. So anyway, go ahead. Um and uh Rick, your third. So my third is actually I'm going to do two because these are my the books this is this is a adjunct to our book I pile. I want to say
0: it's Rick's house, it's
2: Rick's rules, okay, clearly. This is an adjunct to our book pile. This is the book warning. Ooh, okay. These yeah. are two books that I picked up this week and actively dropped. I called I wrote to my uh my comic book uh, Impact,
0: would you um Pick it up and then just actively drop it. See what okay. we can make a noise. Yeah, there you go. There we go. Did you, I, <laughs> That's a solid
2: drop. So the two that I—they're both oddly enough issue two because I only gave these after the terrible first issues of both. I only gave them one issue to redeem themselves and both failed. The first one Please was. Please
1: tell me not Avengers World.
2: No, no, no. I I'm looking forward okay. to that. Um, Justice League three thousand, because after two issues, again. The only character I cared anything about was the villain. The psychotic killer. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, She was more interesting and more human than any of the heroes. Yes. And the uh, second one was Harley Quinn, which is not funny enough to get over the crazy gore and horror that is perpetrated on the environment around her. And the Lad Magazine
0: attitude towards her relationship with Poison Ivy. Yeah, it's, sure. It's 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 not even as good as uh, you know Maxim. No,
2: so so kids, these are just two ninety nine books. I wanted to like both. I those really books. wish I was. I wish really wish I was dropping three ninety nine books. <laughs> okay, drop them. Drop them again. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> I I wanted those books to be better. So I have a I have a feeling that I'm gonna feel guilty. And I'm going to buy Justice League 3000 number three. Yeah. But I promise you, if it still absolutely sucks, that will be the last one. Question. Yes.
1: What would you feel guilty about?
0: About, uh, about spending another 2 99 Continued, $2. $2. $2. Continued to-
2: codependence. Uh, when,
0: yeah, when I'm the one that gives Rick crap for like the seven or eight episodes of Flash Gordon that he watched, <laughs> and I'm going, oh, you think that stinks? Well, I'm just going to try another swig of that sour milk. Uh, you know, so that's but like why. But
1: why do you feel guilty about dropping something that's No, no, you're feeling
2: guilty about going ahead and buying, buying more, a third more, issue. Buying a third issue when it's been uh, not, uh-huh. mate, nothing.
1: Nate, I don't know if you understand
0: that you should. I'm Catholic. I get up in the morning and I and I take off some layers of guilt like like silk pajamas, and and then I put on another layer of guilt, Uh, you know. So um, that's just the way it is.
1: All right. For DC, they're not going to have my extra six dollars for six dollars that I could use on an entire lunch while I'm at work. And you're a Uh, thin
0: boy. You should eat. 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 We went Jewish for a moment, eat Nathan, eat, um, <laughs> shall we talk movies, yeah, okay, so while while we were uh, yeah. yeah, so here we go, ready because this actually we got to we got to sc- not scoop it, but I was actually completely on top of this because I went to the Marvel website to get the image for Empire of the Dead just as they had posted their latest announcement that um. Well, we know last week, Superman-Batman backed down from its uh, July 17th, 2015 slot Wow! to take the May 6th, uh, 2016 slot. And so Marvel announced today... Wait a minute. Wait. A whole year? I mean... uh, Yes. Wow. Well, nine months. Nine months. Nine months. Nine months. Um, Just enough time for Ben Affleck to give birth. For this slip. (laughs) And... uh, and so Marvel countered by saying, oh, well, now July 17th, 2015 <laughs> is open. Let's move Ant-Man into that. So nice. Ant-Man's going to open two weeks earlier. Wow. And uh, so, and meanwhile, by the way, May 6th, 2016 is the first movie of Marvel Phase 3. So Superman Batman's going to go head to th- head with that. And when I say that with a grain of salt, I say, here's my prediction. Superman, Batman, like the George Miller Justice League, is not going to happen. Hmm. I think it's all just going to fall apart.
2: I'm gonna go out on a limb on that. They I don't, don't know. That's not that's not a far walk to that limb.
0: I know, it's sad. Yeah. And I don't want it to be true. Because on the flip side, Gal Gadot, who's signed to be Wonder Woman in that film, has signed a three picture contract to be Wonder Woman in three movies. So she really so really what happens if so they
2: don't make those movies?
0: does she get paid she gets
1: paid yeah.
0: <sighs> just like so far, you know who I' see Nicholas Cage has been paid several million dollars not to play not Superman to play Superman really um Henry Cavill, I think, at one point had been paid money not to play Superman um I don't remember the name of the actor who was cast in Justice League not to play Superman. But I know that Army Hammer was paid a small fee not to play Batman in that film. So, um, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's it happens. Um, and when we say not to play, they're, they're paid because they went through the pain in the ass of, of getting into shape, of getting into the outfits. Of, of not taking other picture deals at of, the time. Right, right. You know, so um, I don't think that that's the craziest thing. No. The crazy thing is not making the damn film. Yeah because you've committed to a screenwriter who keeps wanting to write these grim and gritty stories about characters who are meant to inspire hope and not be grim and gritty. Yeah, um, But I'm a broken record. Especially DC. Records, kids, were these things that when they broke, they would just repeat over and over and over again. Um, there was also a conversation, and Stephen Amell had to, break, had to back down, who, uh, he's the guy who plays Green Arrow on television on the show Arrow with a green font. Uh, Because it's not actually called Green Arrow. No, Um, that'd be wrong. That'd be wrong. No, I think he's called. I think he's calling himself Arrow, and I like that approach on the show. Is that the first season? He was just the The the, hood. The the hood, and it's like he's each season he's evolving closer and closer to being Green Arrow in a far more satisfying way than being the Red and Blue Blur, the Blur, (laughs) and then (laughs) Superman was. Um, But again, you didn't like Red Blue Blur. That was the stupidest superhero name ever. I thought Rob Liefeld had done a Superman parody character. Um, anyway, uh, and he claimed that he would, that he had had a conversation about being Green you Arrow for the Justice League movie. And it's not the stupidest thing I've heard, and as the rumors go, but now he's backed down and said, "Well, no, there was nobody." I talked to was in any way at the studio level it was more like you know like somebody said wouldn't it be neat if but it ran around and I think it would be neat and it, it and I don't think he's bad because I still think the funny thing is if you play Injustice and you download the TV version of Arrow it they're both played by Stephen Amell but they are completely different sounding characters hmm. and that says like I was as stunned as anybody to find that this as a uh, as as our friends, the costumers say um that that show is full of pulchritude. and that we just like watching, and mm. I don't particularly, but that they enjoyed watching stephen m l working out with his shirt off, yes, that it would turn out that stephen m l actually can act uh <laughs> change his voice it was interesting, so
2: so I'm guessing the t v one is shorter sentences, more monosyllabic stuff or
0: um just it, it's just different it's gruffer, yeah, it's gruffer because he's changing his voice to be you know like in, on Smallville, they had him. You know, they gave him an actual voice changer, and it sounded stupid.
2: Yeah, so he's the just voice do- modulator. That was just when he called Lewis. Lois, right? No, no, no. He was he would oh, whenever uh, he made a phone call, whenever
0: he talked to anybody, hmm. uh, and he, if he was in the Green Arrow outfit, he was using the oh, voice no, no, modulator. no, in Smallville, in Smallville, yeah, hey guys, yeah. But terrible. now, but as the Hood, he's just gruff. He's just doing the Batman thing, but not nearly as annoyingly as Christian Bale. So that and and but when he's <laughs> when he's just an in injustice, he sounds kind of like Ken Shriner who voiced him on the Justice League animated series. Okay. So, you know, he's a, a higher p- tone, uh, much more playful, uh, except that Injustice is a horrible situation, so the jokes kind of fade away. But it's, you know, it's still very much a, you know, it's just completely confident. That's the thing is Arrow's not as confident. Green Arrow is. So I've it's not a really been able to get job.
2: into that game at all.
0: Injustice? Yeah
2: it's not right. not my kind of game i guess
0: no i mean it's just fun to occasionally be. and i haven't played it in a long time because of uh uh infinity um but you know oh. i i've got a new new 64 bit monkey on my back 128 bit monkey on my back um that's a lot of bits that's it a is, lot of monkey it's a heavy bit monkey it's a it's a lot of monkey uh and here is the thing i'm just so pissed at myself Nate, we've talked about it on the podcast, and Nate brought it up on the podcast, uh, that, uh, gee, the rest of the world discovered today that there's been a casting notice for about, what, a month for Fantastic Four, giving a description of the film that just numbed our souls. And uh, that is, uh, you know, basically, you know, Ben Grimm and Reed Richards are childhood friends who gain superpowers. Then
1: they meet Johnny Storm. They're very young friends. That's why I don't they think they become that guy tools that you think for the government. Yeah, it's very close to uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four. And, but worse.
0: But, but worse. Well, it makes, I think this is what it is. I think it makes them mutants. That it makes it easier for Fox to sell a, uh, a Fantastic Four X-Men crossover.
1: But an event transforms them. Mutants are born oh, that one. Oh, okay. There's an event. Yeah. I missed
0: that part. And I'll continue missing that part. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I just don't want it. Um, and again, you know, part of it is, to me, I know I'm in the minority, but I like the films. I like the ones that existed. Um, they're family-friendly. They're, they're movies you can share with your kids. And I don't really want to see a stupid grim gritty reboot of the fantastic four when fantastic four is one of those properties that is always kid friendly
1: damn it yep so it's the
0: family book so don't screw it up and they're gonna screw it up and
1: i'm just hurt anyway they're gonna screw it up horribly yes i mean people complained about the first two and they weren't terrible like you said i don't i enjoy those movies
0: I enjoy them, and there's nothing you can't show your kid.
2: I enjoy those movies, but it makes me sad that they didn't stick closer to the source material.
1: Exactly. They could have been better and still been good for kids. These or this, just, I mean, obviously they haven't done anything yet, but what they're saying is going to happen is going to be horrific. It's going to be another terrible Ghostwriter failure.
0: Which I still I keep like, I haven't unwrapped my Spirit of Vengeance Blu-ray. Um, I which by
2: the way that is a new term in Hollywood: a uh, ghostwriter failure.
0: Ghostwriter failure? Yeah. No, I don't That's think right. it's. I don't think it's a new term. No, I, 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 it's I don't an old term. So. I, I don't think they're using that because I think that not many people notice that. Do um, you know why? Because Sony's so th- gamble. So Sony failed with Ghostwriter twice, but they succeeded with Spider-Man four times. Mm-hmm. So it's you know. That's all, that's all that matters. Could you keep it up? Okay. And Ghost Rider failure, not to about as bad as Lone Ranger failure. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> anyway, um, also noted that uh, if you were doing an origin of Peter Pan.
1: Yeah. Oh, God. Um, <laughs>
0: you want somebody who's kind of fun and really, as say, Hook. Like Captain Hook, one of the things you say is, you know, every version of him is, no. They're going to go grim and gritty and monotone. Garrett Hedlund, who is the son in uh, um, Tron, Tron Legacy, who's not a horrible actor, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's a bad actor, but he's not Captain Hook. He's playing young Captain Hook in the origin of of Pan, um, which is just stupid. Um, When Disney has has already gone and gotten um, Tom Hiddleston to voice Hook, in an in an like early captain hook cartoon they're doing you know the direct video with tinkerbell so um
2: hiddleston would be great
0: hiddleston would be a great captain hook but i think he's already busy being captain hook someplace else
2: so uh that's like playing there. pan i don't know i just keep on flashing on richard simmons pan let's ponder that for a moment
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome that would be so
0: hilarious I think if the someone the old man, if, Pan. no, if someone had balls, pardon me for being so blunt about it. If someone had balls, some old person like that, yeah, would be fun. And then I realize, oh, they kind of did that with Robin Williams, and that sucked. So I'm wrong. But the spirit of Peter Pan is you won't grow up, and it'd be really fascinating to see like yeah. somebody old transform into the young. But I think that is what Hook was about, and that sucked. Um, so. Anyway, here's one. Here's a rumor to make Rick go. Mm. Go ahead, start to sip from that wine again because I want to mm. make you spit out <laughs> of your nose. Uh Dark Tower is back in play. Liam Neeson wants to play Roland. That
2: would be awesome. Yes, that wait, would wait. be awesome. He still would still on Peter s- Pan. So You're still
1: on Peter Pan. Why is it a Warner Brothers movie?
0: because Peter Pan is in the public domain and anybody can make a Peter Pan. And uh, next year next year is the year of Peter Pan. There's But
1: can they not use Tinkerbell?
0: Tinkerbell is in the play to the original play as well, yes. so they can use Tinkerbell. They, they probably could make it look version. like uh,
2: the Disney one cuz in the play it's just a bit of light.
0: Yeah, and Columbia I think did Hook. So it's all uh, it's all allowable. Disney doesn't own Peter Pan. And so, but Disney does have, does own a very good origin of Peter Pan, which I just saw on stage called Peter and the Starcatcher. Now mm. uh, it's based on a novel by Ridley Pearson and Dave Barry, the humor columnist called Peter and the Starcatchers. And there's like a trilogy of, of those. So that's why it's a Warner Brothers film. It's, Pan has become one of those. It, it's. Yeah, Brom. Brom's the Child Thief. The child Thief. I haven't read that yet, but I'm mm. interested in that. So anyway, Liam Neeson is interested in being Roland, and they're talking to. Okay, remind me the 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 second lead in Breaking Bad, the kid that's really popular. Uh, yeah, Jesse. Uh, Jesse. Yeah, Jesse. The, the actor. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul is in talks to play Eddie Dean. Excellent. Which would be an excellent choice. Excellent. He so needs right to now, thin out a little bit, but yeah. Right now, if they're right, well, if he goes back to his weight from like the first season, yeah. if they if they are doing that kind of unerring casting
2: that's really good casting then I could oh Liam Neeson as Roland would be amazing and you uh, yeah I want to I, mean, I want to see Liam Neeson hunkered down at a campfire starting to tell a story of the past and, oh man oh, that's yeah. just you've yeah. forgotten the face of your father yeah
0: Oh, I just want to see it. Oh, he probably won't have the Irish he'll accent. Probably, he'll but, probably go
2: for But, a... oh,
1: I
0: just want to see it. Um are <laughs> full of them. So, um, also, uh, in all the efforts to make Why the Last Man, Shia LaBeouf had been interested, but uh, he's far from the last man. Um, uh, although he wanted to make the film only if he could claim he had written it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, apparently the rights have almost expired, which means that Brian K. Vaughan and Pia Guerra are going to be soon possibly able to shop it around again and do whatever they
2: want with it. Um and that's one of those books that keeps on showing up on like New York Times bestseller. Because lists it's and a stuff. great story. But it's it, a great story. So idea. it won't be hard to sell to another another studio.
0: No, it won't be. And the thing I lo- you know, I, I think back at this. this is one of my fond memories of uh of Comic Con when we were in the Greatest American Hero booth and Robert Culp, who was sitting there just going, I don't get any of this. I, I just don't understand but he looked over and he saw they had a big banner up for Why the Last Man, and it was the one comic book ad. He he thought the painting was was hilarious of the monkey on uh, yeah. uh on Wise back, and he and he said so he was laughing at that, and he said and he said so what's that about? And I explained it. And he thought that's fantastic. So I always remember. There's <laughs> like we even got this guy in his seventies who did not want to be at Comic Con, going, I might read that. Yeah. And and if you endorsed by
2: Robert Culp,
0: and if you haven't read Why the Last Man, it's good. Well, you know, I mean, just saying, it it was a story. It's a good sci-fi story. Oh yeah, and it's a very logical yeah. story as well. It's so, a big
2: story too. It's epic. It's a road story. It's, and I
0: love the way it ends. It, it ends perfectly. So it's one of those. It, you know, you were afraid it was just going to mess that ending. There was just no way that ending was going to go go well. And then it did. And so I just say absolutely. Uh, you know, if you haven't read it, read it and. Get it back Brian K. Vaughn get it so this time you can have some choice again and find a creator, a director, and now Brian K Vaughn's a lot more uh, you know, into Hollywood. And I think he could find
2: somebody better who can make it. You know, so we'll see. They could they could do that as a as a single movie too. They could they could rewrite that and as you a You could single condense
0: movie. it down. you know, my problem It'd be is better if it was a
2: miniseries, but my,
0: my problem now is I'm less and less interested in watching things in the cinema. Uh-huh. Uh like big screen adaptations yeah, yeah. of things because I would rather see them do justice to it in a miniseries or a series. 12, 12 episodes. Oh, yeah. That's I'm, re- why, um, I'm reminded again of a show I discovered uh, on uh, last night that I've been kind of hearing about for a while and I watched there's only three episodes to it. And I'm not talking about Sherlock, which I still haven't watched the new Sherlock yet. But there's only three episodes a season of that. Yeah. And I'd rather that. Tell me the story well in however long it takes you Yes. instead of... Cram it down to two hours or three hours if you must, but man, don't do it in three hours because I gotta pee halfway through that. I just have to. Um, But speaking about that, of course, we announced this week, and again, was I was what was the show you discovered? uh, Well, I got to TV, and I'll tell you. Okay. Um, Was uh, I just want to mention to people who haven't already, if you haven't already been aware, that on January thirty first, Disney is going to re-release Frozen with a sing-along edition. Which I think is great because yeah. on the heels of it's going to Broadway and then where I really want to go and I'm going to try to figure out if I can go is the El Capitan Theater where, uh, in Los Angeles in Hollywood where they're going to make it snow inside the theater as you sing along. And I just want to see – I want to see because the thing is uh, – Nothing's going to sell out. If there are teachers in, the, in, in my listenership and there might be a few educators – I try to tell my coworkers about this podcast, but but some. If you are teaching and planning to stay in teaching within the next decade and you haven't seen Frozen, you are stupid. Because <laughs> because if well, you, you're not teachers, stupid, you but you just team. don't realize. No, no, if you want to connect to the students that are coming up, you need to have seen Frozen. Because every year in my job, the girls are very into Mulan they sing, let's get down to business, and they all know that, and people are like, how do they know that? And I go, no. The Mulan, like, spoke to a generation of girls about self-empowerment, mm-hmm. and they love that in a way that Disney is just now waking back up to, but somehow the zeitgeist work that Disney is fully aware right now of what they've done with Frozen, and I mean, there are 17-year-old young women, there are 7-year-old young women, and with young women, and... Uh, and We'll leave it at that, uh, that that are enamored of Frozen. Yeah. And this sing-along is br- a brilliant idea. And when I announced to my class, oh, you know, by the way, over vacation, they said it's going to, it's going to go on, o- over finals week. They said it's going to F- Broadway. My class erupted, and I couldn't get control again for five minutes because they all had to tell each other how much they love Frozen. I'm like, we know. Now let's get back. <laughs> but the thing is, it's going to be a, a cultural touchstone for young women in particular, but I think for boys because, uh, as people are pointing out, the 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 male character, the Jonathan Groff, I think mean, why his name is escaping me. The the guy, the Iceman. Oh, um, no, Sven's the reindeer. Um, yeah, I was like, I both Sven. They're not, but but, but he's so yeah. he is man? what what or the 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 ice the ice cutter. Guy? No, the ice cutter, not the snowman, the not human. Olaf. Uh, um, but he is uh, he is like. The perfect feminist man. He's a partner. Yeah, he doesn't argue. He calls her her. He calls Anna. They argue. Crap. But they no. argue. They solve it. It's like this is and, and it's a movie that says you don't you don't marry the man you first meet. Right. There's a, there's an implication that there's going to be a romance in the future, but it's not really. It's endemic. not rushing into it. It's not endemic to the plot. Yeah. The other thing I didn't even notice is that the guy that sells supplies in the woods when they're there, the one, with, the only one with the accent. Yes. <laughs> and, hello, family. Did you notice that they're a gay couple? Goes family, and there's four kids climbing over another man in the sauna. I didn't notice that. And so, this movie is so progressive and so casual, it's groundbreaking in ways... And it's, it's still not a perfect plot, but it's groundbreaking in so many ways um, that, you know, sing single half of it, just, again, educators watch it because you're going to be dealing with the repercussions of it and the cultural references to it for at least a decade. Because Disney can't get this kind of lightning again for a while. And this is the first movie, as I said, this is the best animated film since The Lion King. And the only movie that Disney has that's made more money than, than Frozen right now, animated movie that's made more money than Frozen, is The Lion King. And that includes their soundtrack. The only
2: soundtrack album they had that sold more mm. is The Lion King. And this has only and been out two songs in the top, 40 or something.
0: And it's the same damn song. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, let's go to television, shall we? We should. The show I discovered last night. I I discovered two shows this week. Actually, three, because I discovered a web series that cracked me up. Now I'm going to be, but it's not like each episode is only like a minute long. Um, Because I've been running Sweethearts of the Galaxy, and I started looking like "These, these, they're pretty good actors. Like I wonder what else they've been in. And I saw a reference to something called Shelf Life. And it's a it's a web series that's in its fourth season, but every episode is like only a minute, minute and a half, maybe two minutes long. And it's about action figures on a shelf. It's it's an adult toy story, these superhero action figures that hate their owner. And when he leaves the room, they just Say horrible things about him, um, but it's a, through a, like a lot of voiceover artists, actors that you know. Tara is it Platt. animated or is it no? Just it's, live or, it's live it's action. It's live action. So they've got like this shelf set. These guys in the costume, and Yuri Lowenthal who is bent so out of the packages or in yeah, the packages. They're just still. on the shelf. The kids has okay. been playing with him. Then they're mad and they all talk about like you know does the kid you know do horrible things to you in the shower and you know it's like awful. It's like he's a sexually frustrated ten year old. I mean it's just it's just dirty, but it was a funny series. So I stumbled across that. But last night I watched. Uh, the first episode of a BBC series called "And We're Back on Zombies in the Flesh." Have you heard of this show? No. You'd be fascinated by this. So it's a, and which I'm thinking some American producer is going to try to make an American adaptation and screw it up. And there's clearly only three episodes, which is why it's probably not been that as big on BBC America as the others. It's basically after there's been an outbreak, and the government has figured out a medication that. Um, will replicate the glial cells that give you conscious thought, so that that 's what pr- what is the problem with the zombies is their their bodies have stopped creating new glial cells so they can 't think so you 've got all these people who are who are suffering from p d s partially dead syndrome and they 've been taken into hospitals, given treatment and then they 're given makeup so they can pass in society again right and um and so it's like, but of course there's all these people, there's resistance that remembered fighting the zombies and, you know, like you ate my best friend basically kind right, of thing. Right, right, right. So they're trying to reassimilate into society. Would you let your daughter date one? Right. And then, but the thing is that there's all these like actual horrible family dynamics uh, or, or sad family dynamics, not just the, oh, our son who is dead is back, but the revelations as to why the son was dead in the first place. And then he's suffering flashbacks when his medication is running low of uh, of what he had done because now he can remember oh. his time as his own. yeah so it's like it's just a riveting you know it 's not a comedy, no it 's yeah. not at all, no no, 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 it 's a riveting you know wow. a riveting uh series. Well, The makeup and stuff could easily
2: be done you know. no, except so
0: they make a comment like you look really healthy it 's like it just it's it's like i 'm too orange, and they haven 't quite matched up, but those kinds of things where you could see it 's like yeah, that would probably happen, yeah he doesn 't look right, and they have to give them contact lenses to you know where you 're blue eyed or brown eyed because your eyes are all now white over and all these consequences. you know it's it's a really interesting, interesting different take. It's and a regular television show. Or is it is three episodes. That's three what's episodes. on. That's what's on Comcast right now. Okay. So um, I know they're doing a second series of it, as they say. Um, but main
2: main character or ensemble cast? Or? Uh, it's
0: a it's through one guy's eyes, but it's okay. big. En- but there is a big ensemble to it. So and uh, I don't know where it's going, but I was really caught by that. And then uh, last week on HBO. Uh, True Detective with Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson. Nate, did you watch this thing?
1: No, I don't have HBO. I meant to watch oh, it. I haven't it watched it yet.
0: Oh, my it God. awesome in the Oh, my God. And I and I think I'm well documented. I pretty much hate Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, you are. Uh, I am going to go back and watch every film I've missed by <laughs> Matthew McConaughey because he is so good in this show. And Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson's amazing. And yeah. Modern day and back to nineteen ninety five, and it's
2: clear. Thank God for HBO on demand.
0: And Matthew McConaughey has clearly, you know, it was still in the time when he'd done um, uh, Dallas Buyers Club because he'd lost a lot of weight for that as an AIDS uh-huh. victim. So in this flashback, I swear, I mean, it's just a coincidence, but I lo- I didn't realize it was him in like a faraway shot and it got closer. I thought he was David Tennant. He was so thin, wow, and <laughs> angular. I'm <laughs> like, oh, and then it's, but it's such a. It's just such a nuanced. So, uh, they said how many episodes they're doing for this? I don't season? know. But I think it's like American Horror Story. Yeah. It's going to be a year, an anthology in which each story is a year. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be a different cast next yeah. year. But out of the gate, this first, uh, I think it's been two episodes, so now I have to go home and watch the second one. The first one was so good. I mean, it's the best thing I've watched on TV in weeks. And so, and I, you know, and I tend to watch,
2: you know, good stuff. I, maybe the best thing I've watched in months. Is well, tomorrow's so podcast may be a little late because I'm going to be ending up ending watching this stuff during the day. Oh,
0: there you go. Well, that's all right then. It's my fault, people. My <laughs> fault. Excellent. Let's go to some news, shall we? Shield! Shield! We do know. Marvel confirmed today what we said on this podcast three weeks ago. If you would listen to this podcast, two weeks ago. If you listen to this podcast, you know we were right. Marvel confirmed today. Deathlock is coming to S.H.I.E.L.D. That the character we said was Deathlock is Deathlock. And if you're a Marvel Comics fan, long-time reader, well, no duh. The The big announcement, however, is, I mean, they're ramping ramp- it up. It's not just you're going to get Deathlock. Lady Sif is going to come to S.H.I.E.L.D. But here's the other interesting thing. She's coming to cross paths with S.H.I.E.L.D. searching for Amora.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: So they're going to blow the Enchantress on S.H.I.E.L.D., and nobody's picked up that part of it. Like, the big deal is
2: that she... What do you mean, blow the Enchantress? I, I, mean, I mean, that
0: they're going to leave it up to the TV version to create... To create the character. To create the character. Yeah. And that's... I mean, that speaks to the good part about... Confidence. About Joss Whedon being in charge of the whole universe. Yeah. Uh, you know, or nominally the, the overseer. That he can they can trust him to create a key part of the Thor mythology and that he'll cast the right person. This
2: is what I said last week. is like, when are we going to see a character that gets created on the show that's going to show up in one of the movies? Well, and we're going to see Deathlock. I, there's no yeah. doubt. If you do Deathlock right, he's going to the movies. I, I would, would hope so. Yeah. I, I love Deathlock. And the one thing about that, when they talk Isn't about... Isn't
1: it Lorelei, not uh, Enchantress?
2: Lorelei is...
1: Oh, did it say Lorelei?
0: Damn it. Then I'm I wrong. Amora is the Enchantress. Amora. You they I Laura. I did. the younger sister of But I think they Laura. said,
2: "Oh, Lorelei is the younger sister." Okay. Yeah. yeah. So there's a connection at least, but okay. So, uh Deathlock as a character, they explained that his eye has been replaced by a cyber eye, and yes. he's got cyber legs. Yes. Now, the thing about that made Deathlock Deathlock was that he had a computer in his head. Yes. That could override his actions. Right. And he had conversations back and forth with it, and that was what made him different from the six million dollar man, right? And we haven't seen well, that. That's going to happen. He was happen. also
0: post apocalyptic. Yeah, originally, originally,
2: and it, it was a, a darker USA. And you could see them p- forcing themselves. Well, I remember on
0: it. I love that Mike Zek four issues of Captain America, where they realized that where Deathlock realized he was the Captain America of his time. Yeah, horrible, horribly scarred, beaten up, but he's the one American hope. flag
2: on his backpack, and yeah. Ready yeah. to go. Or on his chest. He had an American flag yeah, on his chest. Yeah. Um but I, I, I hope I, I would I that would be such a cool cinematic thing to do, to have him having these inner monologues with his computer fighting back and forth. It's almost like onboard kit, you know, only more menacing. Yeah,
0: well, or or skeets. Yeah. Um and I think it's I think the groundwork is being laid. We know that they're communicating via text through the eye. Yeah. So, and it's just an implant, but the he's getting a whole new, yeah. centipede, yeah. you know, so I think, I think it, it's adapted for television slash movies in a way that is like better because the Terminator, com, you know, the Terminator was communicating internally with a, with a computerized, a, a separate A reference computer, computer yeah. 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 So, you know, same thing. We've seen it. Um, I don't, I don't know that hearing it needs to happen um, because, because logically they'd be able to read and we're already seeing. And the other thing is we're hearing Jarvis and Iron Man argue. Mm-hmm. So I mean, but the difference you're right is that uh,
2: he all, didn't his will his own will was right. not always in control. Right,
0: right. Which is so. being done in the new Robocon until he well. broke loose. And then, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so there's that. You know, Shield on the upswing. Um, and uh, so uh, next big thing. Whoops, whoops. I've gone too far. Okay. So I get, we already talked about Jesse L. Martin's going to be on the Flash as as uh, Inspector West. Here's Target's big
1: surprise. We all know that the they're next... stealing our identities. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah,
2: so besides that, they're opening for another forty-five minutes. Hopefully. Okay, so
0: we're going to wrap because this is the last thing I got on here. Ready? Yeah. That the <laughs> um, you you know what the next Warner Brothers. Direct to Video Animated Film is, right? They it's a JLA thing, isn't it? Justice League War. War. Yeah. So without any pre-release hype talk leak at all on Tuesday. Two days ago, Target got on their shelves a CG animated Justice League movie, tying in with their exclusive line of Justice League action figures, which are a little cartoony but based on the new 52 versions, featuring the Justice League teaming up with Karate Kid and Dawnstar. Wow! To fight some. Menace. I can't tell you what the subtitle is because I haven't been in Target yet to buy it, but no one had any idea this was being made. And it's a family-friendly, kids' film version of Justice League. Everything I've been begging the Warner Brothers company to do, they just released two days ago. I have no idea if it's
1: any good, but is I'm going to be JLA buying Adventures it. Is JLA Adventures Trapped in Time? That's
0: it. JLA Adventures Trapped in Time. And we had no idea. Wow! So um, there it is—a kids' movie of the JLA, based loosely on the fi- New Fifty Two versions, but with the Legion of Superheroes characters in Legion of Superheroes. By the way, that were not existing in the New Fifty Two version. So they were, actually, I think Don Star did go back in time, and then, so that's it. They it, were Legion, Legion Lost. Lost, yeah. yeah. So And Karate Kid did a number of times. Anyway, which is my, one of my favorite series of the 70s. Yeah. So I am just thrilled to give it a shot this week, and I'm going to pick it up because, you know, I show the, the direct-to-video ones, the, the, the Tim-inspired ones, and I feel like it's a little dark. And even my son kind of goes, eh, you know, they just got dark for their, you know, he just not yeah. phrase it that way. But, you know, he's not as enthralled. So uh, And this seems more like it's in the vein of Green, the Green Lantern animated series, which was fun, um, and in the, in the vein of, of Brave and the Bold a little bit. So we're going to check that out, and maybe next week we'll be able to talk about it with a, a little more expertise. But JLA Adventures, Trapped in Time, at your local Target store, and no one else, nowhere else. So I love that they were able to keep that secret, that we had that little surprise this week. I just wish I had time to go get it before now. Excellent. So there we go. If you have any other surprises for us, write in. <laughs> Questions, comments, compliments, commentary, criticism, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com. You're listening to us on iTunes, perhaps? Uh, please subscribe to us, please review us. Go ahead, rate us, and tell your friends. But, you know, this is the thing. I, I'm stressing a lot this week on our Facebook page and like us on our Facebook page um, because I realize that the more, the higher our stats are, uh, that we can point to that statistic, uh, the better off when I talk to somebody else, like, for access to something. Right. We can give you more access to what you want to hear us talk about it, the more you spread the word if you like what we're doing which everybody I talk to well put well put everybody I talk to likes what we're doing so more you need to like us uh, so if you're listening to us more other, you need you get your friends to like us and listen yes yeah. uh, or read or there we go because oh, I've been doing a lot um, and, and we've got you know and uh, Nate and I got to meet this weekend Chris Collar uh, from Earth 2 who's been writing articles for us and uh, so you know we're upping with that our uh, partnership with Earth Two. Uh, I've been talking to a couple of other sites. Some more stuff might be happening, and you know, we just want to increase. and And we're we're doing our best because it's a labor of love. But you guys seem to like it. We're going to keep doing it.
2: In the future, your friends can say, "I was I liked them." I was three hundred twentieth like right. that they had only. 12 years after they started. Yes. And <laughs> so
0: um, you can hear us on the Stitcher app. Subscribe there as well. Um, and by the way, we jumped up on the Stitcher stats. So we'll talk about that. It was great. Thank you. And I, and I credit you guys. You were listening, and I thank you. Um, and find us at www.fanboyplanet.com. A lot of great text pieces and, of course, a lot of video, too. We're running Sweethearts of the Galaxy, which we – I don't know if you've been watching it, Rick, but I'm I'm watching. It's it's getting funnier and funnier. It's getting better and you know more assured. Uh, You know, we just started Donovan and Sims, Jason's new series. I'm looking forward to the next episode of that. Uh, And of course, we got Warren versus Fanboy, and we're seeing what whatever else we can do. You know, if you've got a web web series, you want a little attention, send it my way, and we'll see what happens. And uh, of course, we can be successful together. Absolutely, and that's the way it is. Absolutely, and if you want to, uh, you know, uh, order some something you've heard about on this podcast through Amazon, we've got a lot of links handy dandy there for you. If you want to kick a little money through PayPal, we thank you. Just like to be able to cover our hosting. That's all we. That's all we ask. It's like it's like blue diamond almonds. Uh, a hosting charge a month. That's all <laughs> that's we. That's all ask. we ask. Um, that's all they ask, and so I'd like to be able to pay it. Uh, so uh,
2: that's it. I'm Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your, your powers for only for good. good. Is that you, Nate?
1: It's Nate. Excellent.
2: Why do we never hear Coco?
1: Coco? I don't think I've ever heard Coco. Coco is bar- very silent. I've heard her whine. Does she just but whine? it's cute. But it's cute. Don't get me wrong.
2: Is it a fine wine? Wow. <laughs> it's like this. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's more like an old man reaching for something. Yeah. So, what have you got? I didn't even look at the... Okay, so... It seemed like there was a lot lot of news.
0: Got a letter. I got a text. We got some Facebook commentary, but I think we're probably okay with that. Uh, a little comics news, and then play our game of what's in the bag.
2: Right. Um, we got a co-review Doc Savage issue, we too? Could, we could do that, yes. Okay. Uh,
0: then a lot of movie news, and a lot of movie news. We got
2: that Nathan Costa guy writing uh, articles that are getting lots of buzz on the site.
0: That, that's TV news, um, but I wish I had run something Nate Costa sent me sent us earlier. But because it was more of like a gents, what do you think? Today is the day that everybody is this else the
1: Fantastic Four news. Everybody else picked up the
0: Fantastic Four news today, and if I had been wise and dropped whatever the hell else it was, I was doing, I was probably playing with my kids. Um, we would have had a th- like a three week scoop on the rest of of the fan uh, community because there it is. That's exactly what they're running with today. Is that casting news? And I was like, oh well, we've been saying that on the podcast for weeks. Yeah. So but nobody listens to us. Okay. dude Told you so. <laughs> In a little
1: a little segment we like to call. Told, told you so. You so. <laughs> and you know how and much little that segment we like to call, this is something we talked about weeks ago. And by the way, for those of you
0: at home who are married, don't play this game at home. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: just good marital advice.
0: Uh, yeah, that's no, solid. no, that's, that's different. That's different.
2: Yeah. Uh, anything for you, Nate? You got anything uh, happening down there? Happening? No, yeah. I was just
1: going to mention, because I also just saw the... Uh, Fantastic forecasting, lead actors, and hiring crew members. You could do that.
2: Who's the skipper? No. I could do that. (laughs) (laughs) Say it's clobbering time. Like the skipper?
0: (laughs) It's clobbering time. Yeah, exactly. You have to see, it's a visual. Alan Hale as it, the it, thing. It's a visual. I had his arms going. <laughs> it Gilligan. <laughs> he grew a hat out of nowhere. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> I've been working on his because t- he, he had T Rex arms. It was always it's always like. Uh, geep, that's geep, true.
2: Geep, that's, geep, geep. Whoa, that'd be a great <laughs> crossover. <laughs> Gilligan's Island cast as dinosaurs. <laughs> Gilligan's Jurassic <laughs> Island. Yes. Ooh. Mm. Careful.
0: Gilligan's Park. We'll call it Gilligan's that. Park. That's better. It's just cleaner. It <laughs> yeah. had to be cleaner somehow.
2: It's hmm. got that same. G- 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 sound I'm gonna on. bet you if I left
0: if I left the room and just left like your Photoshop up, I'd come back in an hour and there <laughs> would be a Gilligan's uh, a Gilligan's uh, Gilligan's Park uh, image. Might be. Yeah. No, <laughs> well, I know. I've seen what's been going on. Um, you're getting better
1: at it too. There's no There's no doubt about it. Um, this this Fantastic Four movie is going to be awful. Oh, I, I'm going to agree with you 100%, except that
0: maybe... Well, save that. Save it. Except save it, it, that maybe Jon Snow will be uh, Reed Richards.
1: Huh. How uh, old is Jon Snow?
0: What? Who's uh, Jon Snow? I can't remember the actual actor's name, but basically the two frontrunners for Reed Richards are both characters on um, Game of Thrones. So Jon Snow...
1: this guy's too old. Planetary yes, facial omnibus,
0: hair. which was sold out before I get to it.
2: Yes, but they uh, still had a copy at. Uh, uh, I have no money Hijinks. for it, um, but yeah. But there's something about that that's kind of interesting. The okay, let's, uh, let me just tell me, tell me on
0: the air. So no, uh, tell I'll me tell on you the, the air. air. Okay. tell me on the air, because if it's something kind of interesting, I want to be surprised. I want to be legit. Okay, and pardon me while I uh, burp <coughs> shy all over the place.
1: Nerdist is reporting that Deathlock and Lorelai will be joining Agents of Shield. Uh, we already Marvel reported announced
0: uh, Deathlok. Uh, both bit. both working con- both working. Well, wasn't he today. already
1: on the show? So right, but Marvel podcast. tweeted out today
0: what his powers. and we already have it on the fa- on the Facebook and. Um, Yes, uh, that they can, They tweeted out today. Big thing going to happen for Michael. What's the character's name?
2: Parkins- Par- uh, Park- but no, Parkinson. Parkinson. Anyway, <laughs> but,
0: but then somebody else at Marvel tweeted that it was Deathlok. So like Peterson. Peterson. Michael Peterson. So we. So there we are. We were right. You know, two weeks ago. But again, and and that was that like, wasn't a stretch. Though. No, no. And Carr was texting me this afternoon because he was listening to the podcast and said, "Oh, Deathlock. and I said, "Yeah, it's just been confirmed today." But I said, "It wasn't a stretch if you knew the character." Yeah.
2: yeah. That made sense. But the, the thing about it... Well, let's well, let's, let's, say, let's yeah, talk about that. My
0: God, we're just ruining everything. Let's do the podcast. But believe me, it's on It's on, It's on. on my, my list here, Nate. I've got Deathlock, Sif coming to S.H.I.E.L.D., Detective West has been cast on the Flash TV show, and did it, either of you guys, because I didn't get either, did you pick up Target's little surprise this week?
2: No, I've been in Target oh. this week. Okay, no, it? I'll tell you what the Ooh. little surprise is. Are we going to go shopping identity? right after this?
0: Uh... I, got, I th- I'm gonna have to pick it up this weekend. It's a target pick it up five tonight. minutes from here. Okay, we may have to go shopping. <laughs>
2: Get in the car. Hey, <laughs> we'll be right back. <laughs> Stay on the line, Nate. <laughs> Nave, Nate. Just, just, just stall.
1: Don't pay with your card. <laughs> I, I won't because I'm
0: not using my cards right now. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, let's begin, shall we?
2: I'm going to point to you, Nate. In three, two, one.
1: Listen up, fanboy.
0: Um, did you feel that? Yes. That was a test of the emergency.
2: Oh, it's my mom. Okay. Do we need to pause? <laughs> I love this. Debbie picked it up. Oh, good.
0: It doesn't mean we don't need to pause. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: Clap.
2: Use your powers only only for good. Fanboy. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Nate. Gentlemen. How late is Target open? Ten o'clock. Are you serious? I have no idea.
1: Let's look it up. Ten o'clock.
2: Ten o'clock. Yeah. Seriously, it's one five minutes from here.
0: It's true. I'll drive. I I don't actually have the cash for tonight. I'm going to, but I'm going to pick it up with Luke. Uh, so. Ah, father-son bonding. Yeah, cool. we're just going to have fun. Yeah. Saturday morning, go, hey, let's stop by. You want to pick this up? And we'll watch it tonight. Yeah. It'll be fun. He gets
2: to hold it in the cash line. Oh, he totally loves that. Yeah.
0: And then when you go pay for it, he goes, <laughs> dad? Uh. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on. That'll get you a little. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So That's a great paired paired story though. The the thing about the the Ant-Man moving up and DC moving out. That's Yeah. Yeah. That's terrific. That that tells you the whole story right there. The meta story as well, you know.
0: Oh, it does. Yeah. It does. I mean, there's something larger there. It's like, you know, they are scared. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And you can't convince me otherwise. Marvel
2: does and they're
1: eating their lunch. Uh-huh. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know. They're would... drinking their
0: milkshake if oh, they, they are. are i got to
2: watch that movie, too. Which, which movie is that? There Will Be Blood. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was No Country for Old Men. And I'm watching the whole, whole movie through <laughs> looking it looking for a milkshake.
3: Run. God damn, there's no milkshake in this movie. <laughs>